I crawl into the alley coop, my tent, before it goes completely dark, watching the rays of sunlight pierce the thick forest, creeping slowly into open areas and leaving long shadows on a beaver pond, reflecting the brilliant red of autumn. Squeaks and chirrups fill the canopy, ones I quickly learn may sound like birds but are actually chipmunks, busily collecting and stashing food before this brilliant Indian summer gives way to a long and harsh winter. They've become my companions on my three-day backpack trip to Porcupine Mountain Wilderness State Park. Scurrying across the trail, then stopping to give me a sidelong stare, their fleecy tails quivering before they dart away. I wonder if my food bag is safely out of reach, hanging from a metal bear pole. Couldn't they just launch from the hemlock, brushing its sleek side, grab the bag, and begin chewing it open? Mm, It's unlikely. What's left of my food is wrapped in Ziplocs, inside a thick, odor-proof bag, and inside yet another bag with a weave-like Kevlar. Still, one fearless chipmunk poses on a nearby stump, only a few feet from my head, his black-lashed eyes looking deep into mine as if to say, Come on, you know I'm cute, and you want to feed me. Sorry, pal. All my food is hanging on that pole, and besides, I'm laying down now at the end of a good long day of walking, and I'm not about to get up. So he leaves and joins his friends, who are joined by others as if to reprimand or entertain. There's a couple of howling wolves, a barred owl's, Who cooks for you? Who cooks for you all? And what seem like non-stop kersplashes from a set of hard-working beavers long after the stars come out. So bright now I see the reflection on the water. Sleep matters, <laughs> but I love this show. And this show is precisely why I'm here. You're listening to the Blissful Hiker Podcast. I'm Allison Young, the solo, female, middle-aged, titanium-reinforced, long-distance backpacker, Blissful Hiker, sharing stories to inspire you to learn to hike your own hike. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider supporting them through Patreon. There's a link in the show notes or at blissfulhiker.com. This week, I got the great news that Blissful Hiker has been chosen to be a 2023 artist in residence at the Porcupine Mountain Wilderness. This is the very first one as Blissful Hiker. I did a few artist in residence as a flutist, but this is a whole new world for Blissful, a chance to live in a remote cabin for a couple of weeks and immerse myself in the sounds of this magical place and create audio narratives, what you're listening to right now, personal essays coupled with found sound. So I thought it'd be a good idea to take you there as a preview for coming attractions. And also a great comparison of the changes in the soundscape from early fall when I was there last time to early spring when I'll head back. The Porcupine Mountains, affectionately known as the Porkies, abut Lake Superior on the northwestern part of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. The park was established in 1945 to save the largest primary stand of hemlock and hardwood in the Great Lakes, 35,000 acres to be exact. Its untouched virgin woodland and tucked deep under an escarpment of volcanic basalt that rises abruptly from the lake. 
It's perfectly situated as if a viewing platform to this forest museum, one that's filled with an ecologically diverse system including gray wolf and coyote, beaver and otter, fisher, marten and minks, bobcats, lynx and cougar, 200 black bears, and of course, porcupines. Environmentalist and conservationist Aldo Leopold wrote, The richest values of wilderness lie not in the days of Daniel Boone, nor even the present, but rather in the future. Leopold joined efforts underway to save this strikingly beautiful mountainous piece of land, the highest between the Alleghenies of West Virginia and South Dakota's Black Hills, and they retrieved it from timber and mining companies, costing the state a million dollars, about 21 million in today's dollars. Nearly 30 years after the park was founded, the state of Michigan created a Wilderness Act that gave the park a new designation, along with 90 miles of trails, part of which is shared with the North Country Trail. There's backcountry campsites and cabins, along with interpretive centers, and easy access to the highlights by road, including Lake of the Clouds and the Summit Peak Observation Tower. For me, it was a chance to backpack really close to home. It's just a five-hour drive from St. Paul, and then take in fall in all of its heavenly beauty, enjoying forests and lakes, as well as a feature I was unaware of before, hundreds of waterfalls and rapids made up of crystal-clear water shooting down billion-year-old rock beneath piney boughs. A subtle and smaller-scale pleasure from the Rocky Mountains, the Sierra, or the Alps, but one that surprised and delighted me to my core. And I'm here, and the trail to Government Peak opens up before me. It rolls up and down following the ridge, sumac in a flaming crimson, and low yellowing blueberry bushes free now of all fruit thickening the floor. Autumn is just starting to put on its finery in the north woods, and random sugar maples stick out as if on fire or maybe haphazardly painted a blinding red. I meet a fellow backpacker named Tawny, carrying far too much, but smiling just the same. Like me, she stops every few minutes to gawk and admire the view, taking picture after picture and trying to hold this moment forever. A pileated woodpecker, big and bold, its red cap vying for dominance in this red world, pushes itself off a tree trunk, laughs loudly, then floats into the valley. This is a good place to pause in the shade of a white pine, clinging to the rock and bent by wind and weather. It's cool out of the sun, and everywhere is evidence of magma, rock full of holes breaking into geometric chunks. This is Lakeshore Traps Basalt, tilted bedrock above a shallow inland lake that gets its name from the fog blanketing it each morning. Lake of the Clouds, Now it's a deep cobalt reflecting the nearly cloudless sky. My walk today is short, even if I get a late start, only six miles to my site, with sunset around eight (laughs) o'clock. Up and up I go high above, then down again, meeting day hikers afraid to step on slippery dirt while descending. I reach out to help one like Caitlin helped me on the Wind River High Route, and she smiles and says thanks. You're sleeping out here tonight? How cool! More and more walkers pass coming from the parking lot nearby. A campsite sits close to the junction and it's very loud here. 
I send a silent thank you to Katie for suggesting that I camp further on. I arrive at stairs made of wood, making the walking easier and helping prevent erosion. It leads to a complex of decking allowing the scarred earth below from so many tourists to heal. Everyone here is in a good mood. The warm air, the pungent earthy smell, and the soft colors a bomb. When I move on, a sign warns me the trail ahead is rough. The last part is directed not so much at me, but at those wanting to venture on from the safety of the ADA-compliant platform. It's just a few more miles with views down to the outlet of the Lake of the Clouds and more startling bright colors. I meet a young backpacker planning to walk to his car and ask if he might share a bit of water since he's headed out. I drink right from his bottle, squeezing river water into my mouth from the filter. I tell him I have enough, but I'm a little bit nervous with just two liters for a dry camp. The truth is, I can't comfortably carry much more, so I try to camel up before walking. He assures me I've got enough, but he's happy to share more. I pass BC1, Big Carp Campsite Number 1, and it has the camper directly on the ridge, looking back at Lake of the Clouds. Ah, no wonder that one was nabbed before I began planning. I'm at BC2, and it sits back a bit with an apron of rock all my own. When I reach it, I see I'll be setting inside the forest, but my sight marks the end of the high trail with a long front deck looking deep into the forest, back to Lake of the Clouds, and then out again towards Lake Superior. The sun aims deeply into the woods, yellow and warm, making long shadows. As I set up, Two Air National Guard jets fly over, piercing the sky with an explosive boom. (laughs) So much for wilderness. I set up my bear hang, then take dinner to my deck, white pine silhouetting the setting sun. I stay here as long as I can, as the sky becomes a watercolor of apricot, and a silver sliver of moon peeks through wispy clouds. Just then, a man crashes through the trees. He's dressed in camo, and he tells me he lives nearby in Antonagon. I need to come out every week to see where the leaves have gotten to, he tells me, before loping back into the forest. A barred owl's call echoes below, and a wolf barks low and long. Hermit thrushes chirp as the magenta sky becomes a burnt sienna and the first stars appear. I just can't leave this beauty, and I think back on my day, the first where I'm still adjusting to what's presented, not sure how fast to go or how long to stop. For a moment, I feel that weird uncertainty in my choice of coming here, even though I felt compelled to see what was so close to where I live and get inside it. The wind picks up, and the darkness deepens, revealing the Milky Way. A tufted titmouse rasps his scrappy call as I return to the tent and crawl in, unsure just how cold it could get tonight. I stuff my water filter and electronics inside my bag in case it freezes, then lay back to sleep, tired from the long drive and walk. Suddenly, I hear a crash. Hey! Silence. Then, another crash. Hey! Hey! Get out of here. Hey! It's tentative and a little more like rustling and crunching. 
I shine my light out onto the empty campsite. It's so big for me all alone. I send the beam to my food bag, twisting solemnly in the breeze. Nothing. Absolute silence. Another crash, and it's right on the tent! Hey! It's an acorn. <laughs> and then another acorn. Let's call it the attack of the killer acorns. Hadn't you noticed there's oak trees here? <laughs> I think I can survive this war. Go to sleep, Blissful. You've got another hiking day tomorrow. You can subscribe to Blissful Hiker wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review on Apple to help the show get discovered. Blissful Hiker is on Patreon now. You can support the show financially as a patron. Help me get on trail to collect sounds and create these stories. Find a link to Patreon in the show notes or at blissfulhiker.com. That's also where you can find other episodes, the blog, see pictures, and contact me, blissfulhiker.com. Since I'll be an artist in residence at Porcupine Mountain's Wilderness this coming May, I wanted to relive the experience from last fall with you on Blissful Hiker Podcast. So next week, we'll head deep into the primeval hemlock forest and some of the most stunning cascades I've ever seen in my life. Until next week, my friends, kia kaha and happy trails. <laughs>